On this episode of A State of Control, we talk about the influence of software-driven products and systems. How does that impact the traditional AV system? And what does that mean to AV programmers? All that and more on A State of Control. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Nation is brought to you by Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. Learn more at atlona.com. A state of control. State of Control, episode 101, Four Lattes. Welcome to A State of Control, an aviation podcast that highlights the control programming and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So fresh on the uh, heels of our recent milestone episode 100, we're bring, coming back to you for a, a little bit more of a traditional episode. But if you haven't listened to episode 100, please uh take a listen to that. It was uh, something that Rich and I found very rewarding and was something too that was a chance for us to reflect back. So I think that there's a lot of value in that episode. So please check that out and also let us know what you think about it. And with, uh, But uh, for today, we're going to be talking about um, a little bit of, uh, of, of a recent trend where we're seeing more products and systems and software influence on the audiovisual industry. And uh, with that comes some challenges. So we're going to talk in, in detail about that. And uh, before we introduce our guests who you'll be familiar with, I'm going to say hi to my partner here at Estate of Control, uh, Uncle Richie, Rich Fragoza. How are you, Rich? How are, how are you today? I'm doing good, buddy. It's, it's, been a, it's been a week of shows, so it's been a, a whole lot of fun. The, the reflection hour as uh, we start our, our march towards episode 200. The way Absolutely. I, like I was thinking about that. You know, another we've we got another nine-year contract that we're signing. Uh, exactly. Another decade together, right? There'll be a whole lot more salt instead of pepper at that point. Well, I'll be happy to celebrate that with you, and I look forward to it. It'll be a lot of fun. And I, I heard you on Resi Week, so if you haven't listened, uh, please check that out, uh, the recent episode of Resi Week. And um, with us uh, are two guests that, if you've listened to our show before over the years, you'll be familiar with them, and uh, they've been great contributors in the past, and I'm sure they will be again today. Uh, the first of them is uh, Brian McGrogan from Varex. Welcome, Brian. Thanks for having me back, Steve. It's great to be here. Looking forward to this uh, conversation. I can't wait. It's a good one to dive into. Absolutely. And uh, last but not least, uh, somebody I know for quite some time uh, comes to us from Germany, and his name is Patrick Murray from Learn AV Programming. Welcome, Patrick. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Rich. Good to be back. Glad to have you. So as I mentioned at the top, um, we're, AV systems are becoming a lot more IT-centric, and not only do we have products on the network, and we're doing control over the network, but they're also getting updated over the network and through the cloud. And there, there's a lot more variables that we have to consider and kind of gone are the days where we were able to just say that we weren't going to be updating firmware because we wanted to leave well enough alone. Um, 
that that may be out of our control. And um, some products are, are purely software based, and they are uh, updated potentially without notice, and and that could change some things. So um, I'm sure we're going to have uh, some interesting conversation about that. And um, Rich, why don't we kick this off a little bit just by talking about um, what challenges does this present to us? Because we we had our own world and we we were able to um, kind of dictate the rules. And it seems like we now are playing in, in other people's world. But this is a, an advancement in a lot of cases, but it also changes changes the dynamic a bit. I mean, ultimately, I find it uh, to be a good thing because whether the uh, the corporate IT side of, of the commercial world wanted to embrace us or not, um, they have to play nice with us at this point because you know not only from a technology standpoint, but there's a different financial pressure on them now because if there are ways for companies, especially in enterprise situations, or you know, I mean, if you've got you know, a hundred huddle spaces or a university or something, there are some significant cost savings that occur with virtualization and and moving into the SaaS model. Uh, And, you know, before it wasn't necessarily, it, 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 because there were hardware options available and because that was the way that we did things and they were used to it, it was easy to say, Let's just wait another year till the next budget cycle, or let's let's kick the can down the road to our five year review when we have to do our infrastructure review. And so there was always the ability to kind of push it off just enough so that they didn't have to deal with it because there's work on their side. Because the the minute that uh, you know AVOIP or, or control or anything becomes part of a a corporate or a university uh, IT playground. Ultimately, it's 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 going to be their responsibility, right? You know, there's a there there's the ability when it's a hardware based solution in a closed loop, and then they say, "Hey, not our not our network." And the AV guys have gone, "Okay, great." You know, it'll be landlocked. It'll only communicate locally. There is no you know infrastructure. There is no campus wide communication. So anything that goes wrong with it, that's their problem, right? They can make a phone call, and they you know the phone call gets returned back. Um, now we're at a point where the technology and the attitudes have caught up that, and we were talking about it the other show the other day, um, that the, I don't get nearly as much pushback from corporate IT or from, uh, you know, even county or municipalities when I go, you need remote diagnostics. You need the ability for somebody to come in, diagnose a problem, find out a problem before you start. Um, you know, without necessitating a, a, a truck roll, because for 18 months, nobody could come in anyway. Uh, and so I think that accelerated the process. And and now, I, you know, I'm talking about it, but there's one of our guests here who's been, you know, championing it for the past five years and, uh, you know, was, was definitely, oh, at times, the canary in the coal mine of, of pushing this technology out, saying, hey, there's lots of options out there. And, uh, you know, the Papa's got a great brand new bag with some of this stuff. So, um, you know, I, I absolutely, I, we were talking earlier, I agree that this was going to be inevitable. Um, but when you got the double whammy of the pandemic and then the supply chain issue that occurred after it, um, it's, it's a perfect storm to open it up at this point for things that we've been chomping at the bit for a while. However, it's a skill set that has popped up 
that a lot of us are woefully uh, <laughs> um, behind uh, the eight ball on. And I mean, everybody's scrambling to catch up. I mean, you know, if you asked me a year ago, if I would be spending time trying to figure out how to harden servers, I'd be like, what, what am I putting around it? You know, it's, but you know, that's part of the everyday lexicon at this point. So Patrick, uh, has, as Rich alluded, you've been talking about software defined AV for quite some time. And we've talked about that on the show and we've had you help us to understand that better. Um, we're, we're really taking a leap now, whether we like it or not, into a whole new world. Um, what, what are some of the things that we need to be considering? Um, I, I, and do the pros outweigh the challenges? Ooh, that's a pretty broad question. It's, it's hard to know where to start, but um, yeah, we should be managing, right? And how do you start thinking about management? Um, you go back to the planning. So the idea of an integrator comes in, installs a system, and that's the end of the story. Those days are kind of over. As soon as you're on a network, you know, you have to uh, be able to manage those devices and update them if a vulnerability is discovered. You know, you want to be able to patch that. Just, just how, that's how IT works. And if we're going to coexist on these networks with these kinds of devices, we need to behave in the same way. Um, one of the problems is, is a lot of the devices we work with are not IT centric. They don't have those capabilities or they're starting to implement them in strange ways. Um, so just like if you're picking a projector for a room, you measure how bright the room is and how many lumens you need. Does the projector I'm looking at take that box? You need to do the same thing for management. Can this device be managed? How are updates handled? Are, is there a way to turn off um, automatic updates? Uh, what kind of APIs does it have? Does it have secure APIs? All those things need to be looked at on the device level. And then you could zoom out again at a system level. You know, how does the organization itself operate? Do they have internal IT? Um, is there maybe uh, an MSP that the integrator could work with to get these devices into that uh, managed service contract? Or do integrators need to become MSPs themselves? Um, so it's a really broad topic. And the only way to really get a handle on it is just to look at it on a case-by-case -case basis and really just look at every step that's involved. Brian, I, I think... Patrick had a great lead in for you there as, as in somebody who is a, uh, a lead programmer at an, an AV integration firm. Um, how does this change your role? Because one day a system can be working and we, and I've said this and I'm sure you've said it too, programming didn't change, but what you're controlling and what you're working with could have changed overnight for one reason or another. It sounds like that's something that could be quite scary and also costly if not handled properly. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I have a button on my computer that just plays that wave file of, sorry, programming didn't change. But uh, no, I mean, you're 100% correct. It is, it is a piece that we need to stay on top of, right? And we have to look at a whole bunch of different pieces now instead of just, um, you know, as Patrick was saying, you know, and, and Rich, we were this siloed system of, making sure that, that we are looking at everything as a whole and taking a step back. Um, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but my routine in the morning is the first thing as soon as I get to my desk. I open all the major manufacturers. I take a look at their websites. I look at what the current releases are, what's upcoming, um, and I try to stay ahead of that. Um, 
and I, I mentally as well as we do some do have some systems as well internally that keep track of what has been deployed, what's out there. Um, we've started to track what firmware version is leaving the office with, what firmware version is getting deployed to the site with, so that when security vulnerabilities come up, we can go and we can say, hey, I need to know everything that's on this version of firmware so that we can address it. Um, you know, I think another piece that uh, that we haven't touched upon yet too is um, not only the responsibility of us just maintaining our systems and making sure we maintain that partnership with the client too, what is our, um, what is the, the responsibility impact on us if we have a device on the client's network and there's a security vulnerability that doesn't get patched. So that, that actually keeps me up at night sometimes. Absolutely. I, um, Rich, I'll kind of come back to you. Uh, um, you know, we're talking about security and we're talking about it from a, in, in an IT centric um, perspective. And But this also has a big impact on the residential side, you know, everything from updating your mobile devices and your and your consumer tablets that may be used for control to any of the products that um, uh, uh, th that are off the shelf that you might have in your system um, from somebody who plays in that world what's what's the um, the best approach to to have those types of conversations because you're you, you may not be able to tell a homeowner, don't update your device and you can't, we, we don't want to let you have the latest and greatest. Well, I think that for integrators who are um, going to be dealing with software solutions on the front end and they're not going to go to an app-based or a consumer-based system, I mean, there is a line that's being drawn. And, you know, I mean, we, we, we work very closely with the Cedia channel and I've always viewed it these as an opportunity. I've always tried to counsel uh, integrators as this is an opportunity. This this is a managed service. Electronics have gotten to a point in a residential application that you'll see the same amount of devices as you would in in a small corporation, you know, or in a small in a, a small business or a me medium sized business. So the the use may be different, but the overall access to data and bandwidth and reliability and handles and all of those things is the same, if not more so, because these are convenience features. And when you're dealing with a convenience feature, you're dealing with a low threshold for uh, inconvenience um, at that point. I, you know, I, I'm the father of an 18 year old and a 12 year old, and we have a tech filled house and it's still black magic in this house. I mean, if something hiccups, for a minute, I'm hearing about it immediately. Um, and I sit here and I, you know, I feel like, I feel like, I, you know, my grandfather, my dad, sometime I'm like, come on back in my day, you know, I had to hear the, you know, and three days of LimeWire downloads, you know, to get, to get an album. And um, it, it, so the, the opportunity for education is there, but the opportunity for business, because it all comes back down to, it's your business model. You know, you're not going to be selling as many parts. You're not going to be making the margin on parts. You are moving to a service model, whether you want to or not, because the technology offerings are, are becoming more apparent and affordable. They're not necessarily easier to use, but a lot of people feel that they can afford to be optimistic 
and will make those one-time purchases thinking it'll solve all of their problems. Ultimately, down the road, it doesn't wind up doing where it's going. But for them, it's like, hey, it's a sub hundred dollar investment I just made. What do I got to lose? You know, that's four lattes or, or, or whatever. So, you know, for the residential side, it is becoming more important to educate the client on, look, these are your expectations from a technology standpoint. If this is not addressed in the stuff that you don't see, and if you don't have someone to navigate this for you, you're constantly going to be frustrated. So here are the choices, right? You have a managed service. And so, and especially with the tools that are out there, we can figure this out for you, make life easier and charge for it. <laughs> um, or you can do it on your own. And that's where a lot of integrators, the on the resi side, it's it's always been the thought of get in, sell the product, get out. You know, don't come back unless it's like a major service call issue, right? You know, the warranty's done. I'm not going to get ne necessarily any more money out of this. And so on to the next one. That model's not going to work anymore because there are too many options out there. And they're creating their frustrations. And again, if you can become the guy, and that's what I've always tried to, to, to advise people, learn to be the guy, but learn to build your model so that you're not panicking every second the phone rings. Um and a big part of that is proper design, proper infrastructure, proper, and it comes back to proper security measures, right? You know, all of these things are available. You can use the news to, to highlight it. And because of the pandemic, because of work from home, because of distance learning, it is an opportunity where people are ripe to welcome those conversations where two years ago, you know, it was a no-go. Now it's like, hey, look, you know, you're here 90% of the time. This is an investment in just the same way that you're investing in your plumbing, you're investing in your heating and cooling system, your, your security and your perimeter protection system. You're bound to technology. You know, whether you say you are or you aren't, you are. And so we're here to mitigate any things that can disrupt your life. And, and to jump in there for a second too, Rich, I think one of the things you said was important um, and one of the things I try to do is always have a backup plan. Right. If I have a device that I know is kind of spotty or, or has the capability of being spotty, I have a backup plan on how to talk to that device and how to control it so that, you know, whether it be an automatic failover or, or whatever that keeps that going. Um, and then I see that in my managed services report to know that this is not working at the moment. So, you know, we need to take a look at it, but the client still has control at the moment, maybe just not every feature that they would like. So I, I, just to define our terms so that we don't get um, in trouble with the Aviation Police, the MSP, Managed Services Provider, and we talked a little bit about service managed services and so forth. So just wanted to throw that in there. And with that, I kind of jump over to, to Patrick with regard to what is the impact on a programmer now? So is this an opportunity to do something different? Is this something that needs to really change how programming is done or what, 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 how does this um, impact our world um, as much as it impacts an integrator? Cause we're saying somebody has to take, take the lead here. Yeah. That's interesting. So the programming itself should not change unless you're using a different platform. So if you're using more open source stuff in a virtualized environment, then you need to learn new tools like Docker, maybe new programming languages, that'll be a whole new approach. 
But as far as the concepts of control and automation, they're going to remain the same. There's, you know, an event, a user interface, and it goes through some logic and it controls devices. That that will never really change. The opportunity could be um, to fill a knowledge gap where, you know, who's, who's, what does managed services mean? Well, it means that, you know, when, when some kind of uh, an alert is raised, some person becomes active and looks at it and says, what is that alert? Why is it happening? How can we fix it? And the person who could do that, there's, that's not your typical AV tech that's on a ladder or hanging, you know, speakers and, and displays. That's somebody with a uh, very deep knowledge of how all of these devices are configured to work together. And that could be the opportunity for AV programmers to maybe do a parallel move to something new is to be that kind of support desk, um, knock, you know, network operation center for AV type of a technician. I like that. Cause we're, you know, we've been seeing a lot of, uh, the role of a programmer get marginalized and this could be open things up to a bigger opportunity and kind of Brian, like you said, um, be aware of what's coming down, be informing, maybe take some uh, 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 precautionary measures rather than reactionary measures. Um, What what were your thoughts in in terms of how it's going to impact your role? Yeah. I mean, I, I do believe it's always an opportunity too. Uncle Richie says this all the time to show our worth, right? I can I can have that backup plan and I can be ready and I can pivot very quickly, and that shows my worth of you know why did it take me you know a little bit longer to do this because you know down the road it made it so much easier. Um, also personally, I feel like it's just an opportunity to grow and to learn new things, right? The deploying a virtual server, right? I've I've deployed servers for a long time, but getting into a different OS, new, you know, learning new programming languages, those just for myself, just an opportunity to, to learn and grow there, which has been, sometimes I feel like it falls by the wayside, but I do think it's important um, as well, just to help keeping moving everything forward as well. As programmers, we often don't have a choice but to learn because, you know, we always have to prove that it's not the programming. And all of a sudden you're learning about certificates and SSH keys and all of these other technologies. And, so you're almost just keep doing your job and, and helping people and, and you'll learn about this stuff on its own. And, and you'll find yourself in the position where you're troubleshooting the network, you're troubleshooting sockets, how they communicate with each other. And, um, and again, proving your worth, just like everybody else is saying here. Yeah. I, I was just dealing with one actually yesterday, Patrick, where I was getting flooded with traffic and, you know, it was spending the time with the client to show that, Hey, it's something on your side of things. And, and, it was kind of us, kind of them. They created a loop in VLAN and they were just flooding our network and which causing things to shut down. But, you know, we have to have that knowledge to be able to walk people through that to, to show to even if we can't point out, hey, this is exactly the problem. I can point out, you know, this is the direction we need to start looking and we need to pull in the right people. You know, it is a team sport. There's there's the end user. There's the network. There's the, the IT people. There's the integrator, whoever's doing the programming. And it, 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 I think it used to be easier to say uh, swap wires two and three and it'll work. And we can't really do that anymore. Draw that line of, you know, this is my fault. That's yours. We really got to work together and just have a good attitude about solving these problems. So that kind of brings me into the next um, segment, which I think might be interesting. And, and Rich, I'll, I'll let you kick us off on this one is the, uh, are we going to get 
some of these bigger software development companies like a Microsoft, like a Zoom, like a Cisco, are they going to take us more seriously in that they need to be able to know that we exist or is it just going to be them going about their business as usual and we're going to have to follow and just clean up behind them? I think that our industry necessarily isn't going to be the one leading the charge that has the Zooms, the Microsoft Teams, um, playing nicer. I think it's going to be the other manufacturers that they have to interact with, the Logitechs, the the, the bigger ones that um, they're going to be forced to play together because these enterprise organizations are saying, look, yeah, we may be standardizing on one, but we still have offices that do X, Y, Z. And so their customers are going to force them to be a little bit more open from an integration standpoint. Um, at the same time, we'll still be playing catch up and we know that. And that's something to educate your customers on more than anything else, which is, you know, in Resi, uh, you know, we, we have the, the big, the, the big fruit that, you know, is just one update away from breaking everything, um, from a consumer standpoint that we interact with. And, and so we have to constantly counsel people saying, Hey, look, and just like Brian was saying, we have backups. We have alternatives for when this happens because it's not an if. And, you know, I, I, it's interesting because I've got kind of my old generation of clients who were pre-tech. <laughs> and then I have the current generation of clients who are post-tech and, and, and using it. And the pre-tech clients, you know, I get it every day. Well, this always used to work. You're right. It, it was. We didn't have to worry about handshaking. You know, you had a ghostly image, right? You, you, you moved the antenna rabbit this way or this way, and the picture came in a little bit better. It may not have been a good picture, but it was a picture. Now we've got works doesn't work. I'm like, it's a binary world. You know, we don't have halfway works. We either have work or doesn't work. And they're like, well, I bought this thing and it lasted me for 25 years. You're absolutely right. <laughs> because we had that long before any changes occurred. We're now in an accelerated time frame, and with software revolutions that are occurring, it's even more accelerated, and your expectations have accelerated. So the, the key with all of this is that we have to be <laughs> braced for it, and we have to be out front, and you know, part of being the guy, part of being the caretaker of these systems, and then I... I, I I, you know, everybody laughs when, when I tell them kind of my approach with clients, when I take a new client and my first conversation with the client is I'm the guy who says, no, I, I would love to say yes. I would love to say yes to everything, but it's my job to protect you from yourself. It's my job to bring my experience to say, this is not the road to go down. I know you think it is, but you don't have the background to know what you're creating for yourself. So we're going to take a step back. And so we're going to have this We'll be ready to go for when this problem happens. As soon as this problem happens, we're going to get pivot and we're going to go to the alternative. And then when that one potentially happens, we're going to go to the other alternative. Now, by the time we get to our backup of our backup of our backup, we got a much bigger problem. But at least until that point, we're triaging. I mean, we, we had it the other day. We, we had a, a major ISP just across the West Coast. We had routers go down. Something happened. 
They're not admitting it, but it was way too coincidental that I had, you know, dozens of sites all of a sudden just went, can't find the internet anymore. Um, it, but we had self-healing practices built into these devices that they went, hey, after a period of time, you know, we're pushing the button <laughs> and and away it goes. But those are the things that come from that you have to be willing to have the conversations with clients. And, and you know, I, I we always talk about that identity crisis, right? We don't want to upset anybody. We don't want to be the no guy. We don't want to be the one, you know, even though they may be the smartest guys in the room, they don't want to act like it or, or step on anybody's toes. There's a way to handle it diplomatically. And as a business person, those conversations need to be had before things start. And it, and it can be handled in a way to to mitigate the problems. Because again, once that first problem happens and you're like, yeah, we know about it. We took care of it. They're like, oh, okay. Um, but it's rough, you know, and that's where experience comes in. So, you know, it's accelerating to think that it is the path forward is the way that it's always been. It's going to put you out of business. You know, you've got to, you've got to embrace it. You've got to have those conversations that you don't want to have. Um, and it comes to the expectation management, you know, you've got to learn your skill set of expectation management, um, you know, and, and whether we're guys behind a laptop tapping away code, you got to work on your people skills because more and more your people skills are just as important, if not more important than your tech skills. Uh, Patrick, I, you and I have had conversations like this in, in the past where we've talked about the fact that we have to start to look at programming a lot differently. We can't just expect to be able to go and figure it out when you get there. And and with that comes uh, maybe a different level of responsibility or even a different um, a, a different title to what a programmer is. Um, will this, do you think that this is a good opportunity for programmers to, to kind of step up and own that? And, you know, and, and, and kind of what, it, aside from what, what we've discussed, um, what, what else does that entail? Yeah, it's definitely an opportunity to get away from the, uh, the, the cowboy mindset of just go to site and make it work. Um, because the way real, real software development in air quotes works is you take your time and, and you plan what you're doing and maybe you'll do a, a wireframes first and, and you'll write out the requirements, <laughs> novel idea, like have a real specification for everything that the system should achieve and then work backwards from there. I mean, the equipment comes dead last in, in that process. And even before then as well, like, uh, uh, you know, a plan of how the thing will be maintained. So will there be updates? You know, I, I always kind of envision like old school AV is division, delivering version 1.0 and that's it. And the job is done. And in, in, a more typical software development process version one is just that it's just version one um, bugs will be discovered user feedback for what functionality can be used to improve their experience can be implemented and all that can be done also in a process on a schedule um, and, and planning all of that out is where the real opportunity lies but not only opportunity, uh, the business opportunity, but just also the opportunity to have a, a more um, stress-free way of working. Because when everything's planned and managed and expected, we're expecting changes, we're expecting feature requests, we're expecting bug reports. 
then your life just becomes easier and you plan on having the uh, the talent and and um, capacity to handle those things. And I think you brought up something there too, Patrick. You you actually laid out a proper deployment timeline, a whole project planning. And I think that requires a shift in the thinking of people outside of, of our technical realm as well, right? Starting with the the client development with the, the sales side of things is making sure they understand that to do this right, right, to ensure that we can deploy this for you and be happy with the solution and be rock solid, this is not a job that happens in two weeks. This is not a job that happens in three weeks. This is a partnership and it is an investment of time to make sure that that happens well. You know, too many times do I get a project and it's like, you need to have code into the QA department in two weeks. It's like, I can't put together everything I need in order to do that appropriately for the client. I've got to guess at a lot of it. And then that costs me on the back end. So I think that's a, a mind shift, uh, a mindset shift that needs to happen up front too. Like from a, a technology owner perspective, standardization is really going to make your life a lot easier. So if I have room type A, B, C, and D, and I know exactly what is in those room types, um, it's just going to make life so much easier as far as support and, and uh, management. And I, I think that's the challenge for integrators is how do you do that when you have multiple customers with different needs? Well, I think this is probably a good place for us to wrap this one up, but I, it sounds like we're teasing another episode. <laughs> and it sounds to me like, and, and which is something that, that I think is, uh, is really great and encouraging for programmers is that there's, there's a lot of opportunities. And a lot of times we talk about how, um, you know, where, where is, are we looking at dead ends and where, and how is the industry trying to minimize our involvement? And it sounds like here, there's a lot of ways that if, um, the right people get involved, uh, we, we can really make some shifts where programming becomes the center point of systems and software becomes the center point of systems, uh, more, more so than, uh, hardware and, and, uh, and, and other aspects that, uh, are, are, are not programming related. So but good stuff. Um, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us and, and contributing to this conversation. Um, first, uh, Brian McGrogan from Verex. Uh, how can people get in touch with you and learn more about Verex? You can find me on all the social media sites, B McGrogan or at B McGrogan. Um, you can find Verex at Verex.com. Uh, and we're always happy to help with anything you need. Wonderful. And uh, Patrick Murray from Learn AB Programming. How can people get in touch with you and learn more about what you're up to? Uh, I guess the best way is over LinkedIn or through my website at learnabprogramming.com. Thanks for that. Uh, Rich, another great episode. Uh, any uh, final thoughts and uh, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, well, you can find me on the socials, uh, obviously. I mean, this is this is good stuff. And, and again, it's it's great because you know, Brian comes from a company that has a pretty wide reach of projects and there's a lot of institutional knowledge that he was passing on that, you know, you kind of got to rewind and listen to and go, that's the way to do it. Patrick, same thing, you know, he's, he's pushing envelopes, um, you know, and I admire him for it, um, that he's, he's been ahead of the curve in a lot of these things and been quite prophetic at times over this. And, uh, you know, again, if you want to be good at what you do, if you want to be a craftsman at what you do, a professional, these are the episodes that you rewind. You don't listen to me. You listen to these guys um, and and you pull 
that information from it and it will make you better. It will make you more successful. And ultimately, if you want to make more money, that's the reason to rewind. Um, you know, so, you know, but if you do want to find me, you can find me on the socials at our Fergosa, um, the company's Fergosa Design. Uh, but the best place I hope you find me, and I will say it once again, is I hope you find me here on Navy Nation, on our Swedish shows and all the verticals that we serve. We've been either here with my partner, Steve, um, or on AV Week, Resi Week, all of the others. However, seeing as this will probably be releasing before ISE, I hope that you find Steve and I in Barcelona at the end of January uh, uh, coming up where Steve and I will be there and I will be uh, actually <laughs> I'm going to be working that show. I'm going to I'm going to be working that show doing a, a whole lot of interviews for Aviation. And so uh, I hope that you can find me and a lot of our interviews coming from uh, the ISE show floor or from our interview booth them wherever we wind up being. There's going to be a whole lot of information coming down down the pipe and we have a special surprise uh, for for ISE Steve and I have planned. So yeah. If, if you haven't tuned into our Infocom show, we have another on-location show coming up. So check that out. And thank you for that. I almost forgot. So that, that's perfect timing, Rich. And looking forward to spending time with you in person. That's always a treat. And uh, as well as the others in the Aviation family. Um, for me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media and my company, Control Concepts, at controlconcepts.net. I also have another uh, podcast that I do that's uh, a bit bit of a passion project called Ask the Programmer. So if you wouldn't mind checking that out and let us know what you think there. And um, as Rich said, please visit avnation.tv to find out about this show and all the others. And you'll get to see uh, a lot and get get to see and know a lot of the different personalities uh, that are in the Aviation family, as well as get to learn about a lot of cool things that impact your role and um, influence the AV industry. And with that, this has been State of Control.